Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. I've been a very bad book reviewer recently and today's no exception because we're talking about another game. I'm so, I'm not even sorry. <laughs> um, I've been reading like other books, um, some of them by like fellow thriller authors that I agreed to like do reviews for, um, not to toot my own horn, uh, and some of them I just like had to read for research for other stuff. So my reading card has been a bit full, but my gaming card has been wide open thanks to Game Pass. So I want to talk to you a little bit about The Medium video game that came out uh, this year um, and I'm currently playing it via like cloud games on my Xbox because it's for the newer Xbox which I don't have uh, so I mean it's reasonably good quality like playing it on it but it does tend to lag a little bit because it's just streaming over the internet but uh, it's perfectly serviceable if you are still on like the previous generation of Xbox you can definitely still play it if you have Game Pass. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit before I launch into the game's content, and I haven't finished it yet, so I'm going to be recording the end of the review like later when I have finished the game. So I know that my like video game episodes aren't like the most incredibly popular thing, and I get that because most people are interested in like the movie reviews and the fiction book reviews and the non-fiction book reviews. But I do want to like stress with this review in particular that. I'm not like a gamey game person, I'm not incredibly good at games, I play all of them on like baby mode difficulty, super easy, um, and I just want to like make you aware, like if you're not particularly like a game person or you have never really thought of gaming as being like a hobby to get into, um, some of my like older listeners um, might not have gotten into it, but it is definitely a really fun hobby, there's a whole host of witchy content on there as well, and no matter like what genre you're interested in or what your level of ability is there are games that you can play from things like strange horticulture that you can play on just a basic bog standard computer you don't even need a console for and it's basically just you know point and click and there's no like skill involved so things like this which um have a very forgiving gameplay style and very simple and easy to master so definitely don't be scared jump into the world of gaming play something with witchy content in, I guarantee you'll enjoy it. But on to the medium. So the medium is a psycho psychological horror game, uh, and it was developed by Blooper Team, which this whole time I've been calling Blooper Team, and now I feel stupid. Um, but they made a sort of walking simulator game, which is basically just a game, if, if you've never heard that term before, where you just walk around interacting with stuff and there's no real kind of element of challenge in it it's more of just a narrative experience i love walking simulator games but i never played this one uh, which was called layers of fear and then they made the blair witch game which i also haven't played uh, which was based on blair witch which i was going to play for the podcast but then i thought nah i'm a scaredy cat but then i decided to play this one and the medium is about a medium and it's their first like sort of different style of game to the Blair Witch again because this one's in third person so like you can see your character from behind and the character you play as is Marianne she is a medium and she goes from the apartment of her like legal guardian who has recently died and that's sort of where you learn what the controls are and, and what you're doing she gets a mysterious phone call summoning her to the site of a massacre in poland which was at this like communist resort uh, which has since been like abandoned and she's looking around there and through that we get to use all of her mediumship powers and that's obviously where the witchy content comes in. So this game came out very recently um, in 2021, sort of like January and then it was released on PlayStation in September. So you can get it on like computer, you can get it on Xbox, you can get it on PlayStation. I obviously played it on Game Pass 
The gameplay is super easy to pick up as well. You're not doing a whole lot of like difficult button combinations. It's not like time sensitive. Um, I know from watching my mum try and play a game that one thing she struggled with was like moving both analog sticks at the same time to move the camera and the character, which is something that it never occurred to me would be a skill that you would have to master. But apparently it is. Um, but this doesn't really have that because it has very fixed camera angles so you don't have to even worry about that you can just walk around it does mean that sometimes you'll be like pushing forwards and suddenly you'll go over onto a different screen and forwards will suddenly be what was left before if you see what i mean it's sort of like you're watching yourself on a security camera and it kind of fucks with your ability to judge distance and directions i find that quite easy to sort of get my bearings with although the movement does remain a little bit clunky and a little bit slow like even her running speed is what i would describe as a gentle jog which is quite frustrating when you are being chased so there we have it um that's sort of where the horror element comes in is is the being chased so for the most part like the early gameplay at the start of the game you arrive at the resort you're solving pretty basic puzzles find key for locked door is one that you do a couple of times it's just sort of like making your way into the resort and looking around you pick up bits of paper with notes on them you read them to get a bit of backstory you can tap into echoes using your psychic powers on different objects i found a shoe that screamed at me so that was scary and uh, you sort of like move around and then as you get into the, the building itself at the resort, you start to acquire or kind of realise you have other powers, one of which is the ability to form a shield over you, which you use to get past clouds of these weird psychic spirit moths that will otherwise attack you. Uh, and another is to just sort of see things that are maybe hidden from normal people's views, like hidden doors or objects that are behind other objects. One of the sort of unique aspects of the game is that occasionally it will take you into a split screen section. So because Marianne is a medium, she's able to move between the real world and a sort of strange astral world, which I'm not entirely sure what it is, if it's the astral plane or the afterlife or something. But it's very creepy there and it's mostly made of meat, so I was not a fan. But although you eventually get the ability to use mirrors, to shift between dimensions at will, Marianne is sometimes dragged into the kind of astral dimension and sometimes is kind of viewing the world split. So there'll be like a line down your screen and on one side Marianne is moving around in the real world and on the other in the astral world. And she can only go places if the way is clear in both worlds. So if there's like a weird spirit door in the way in the spirit world, you can't walk that way until you've managed to get through it. And quite cleverly, if there is a locked door in the real world, she can project herself and have a temporary out-of-body experience where your spirit self can just run around doing whatever it wants without having to be mirroring the actions of real Marianne. Although this does have a time limit on it and you will start to sort of slowly turn into a very tiny skeleton, which I found very unnerving. So you use these abilities and to like move in different worlds to get past obstacles in the building, like locked doors, broken staircases the usual stuff that you would find in an abandoned resort and slowly make your way around looking for the person who phoned you and slowly discovering that there are secrets to this place there are weird things that were going on um there were some evil people there you find out a bit background about the massacre again haven't finished the game so i can't really tell you what the plot is until i get to that section 
but you do find sort of various different things out and you meet spirits as well who are very creepy um, but very well done. I will say, like the the general art of it all is very good for the like the horror atmosphere. The lighting is good. The music, oh, chef's kiss, absolutely tingled my spine. Um, it's horrendously frightening. Like a lot of the like background noises, and although obviously you can't fight anything because you don't have any weapons or anything, so it's like I know that if anything happens, I don't have to fight it. I just have to run away. The anticipation of having to run away is very frightening. And mostly the thing that you will be running away from is called the Maw on the Wikipedia page. I've been calling it Mothman, so whoops. Uh, but he's this big, tall, spindling guy with kind of like wingy-ish shapes and like he's very tall and scary. And you encounter him in the like astral world first and he chases you and you have to like duck behind boxes and hide from him and sneak around, uh, which is quite, you know, simple gameplay. It only requires like three different buttons to do. But he can also follow you into the real world where he's invisible and you have to use your psychic ability to see him, like, in the real world. And he says a lot of things like that he wants to wear your skin. And uh, I was like, no, thank you. Leave me be. One criticism I've seen levelled at the game, aside from, like, the clunky movements and stuff, which is sort of similar to, like, a lot of very like older horror games like the Silent Hills and Resident Evils of yesteryear. Um, one of the things I've seen like criticised in the story is the use of trauma. So I'm going to trigger one for um, child abuse and just general abuse because obviously you're finding out the backstories of people who are at the resort and backstories of these spirits and very unpleasant things have been going on. There has been some criticism that these topics haven't really been handled that well or that they've been used trivially to add um, drama to, to the story and put them, you know, in a game. Um, I don't know how I really feel about that um, and I'm not really going to have a take on it because I'm not affected by those issues, so... I don't think it would be right for me to pass judgment on it. I will say that if you've seen the same issues depicted in other games, um, what I've seen so far isn't like as bad as some of the stuff that you would come across in like Silent Hill and things like that. So um, yeah, you don't necessarily like witness anything that's that creepy to the extent that I'm in the game. I'm about sort of six, seven hours in at this point. Uh, but just be wary of that if you are going to play this. It's quite an interesting time period for me to like look at because it's like um, Poland in like the 1990s, um, which is not somewhere I've previously been in a game. So that's quite interesting. I've never like had like games or based around being psychic. I think that the closest thing that I would say to it was like Murder Soul Suspect, which I looked at a really long time ago, but you were a ghost detective. So technically you weren't psychic, but you didn't know one. So. There you go. Also, it had similar, like, hide from demons gameplay, so kind of similar. Uh, I would say it was less scary than this because it was more about, like, investigation and action than scaring the bollocks off you. But um, there you go. There's two options depending on how frightened you want to be. I've heard also, like, the other thing that I heard from reviews about it, like, spoiler, reasonably spoiler-free reviews, was that the ending is stupid. So um, I'm going to go play the rest of the game, uh, having recorded this bit of review, and uh, then I'm going to come back and discuss if the ending was in fact stupid, uh, and talk a little bit more about the actual plot of the game and sort of later stage game mechanics.
boy. Okay. So I've now finished the game and oh when people said that the um the like the portrayal of like abuse and that sort of thing was kind of problematic and they didn't really care for it. I thought I had gotten past that point in the game when in actual fa in actual fact I had gotten right up until the point at which it starts and everything that came before that ha had been just sort of like a warm up. So yeah, very strong trigger warning for this game and for the rest of the review because I'm going to be talking about it. Not in detail, but I am going to be discussing the plot elements. So where I left off the game before like recording the first part of the review was just uh, sort of like the first third in. Um, so there's two occasions where you have a vision of another character called Thomas uh, and you do a sort of, I'm not going to say level because games don't really have levels, but a section of the game uh, from his perspective and, and then you return to Marianne and then later on you, you have another vision and these visions are him entering the minds of other people and through that we get exposition that's also where a lot of the horror elements come in because he's facing their like internal monsters you know what they're like on the inside and what drives the, the terrible behavior that um, they've shown in the story. And it's also how Marianne learns about those past events by having these visions of Thomas and what he did. And it's quite interesting. There's different plot elements being drawn out as well in how Thomas relates to his like psychic self, which is very different to Marianne. Uh, so where I got up to, uh, and big spoilers in coming for the plot, uh, Marianne had received a phone call from, I think, Thomas, um, a mysterious phone call calling her to uh, Neva, the sort of communist resort um, where there had been a massacre. And, and she goes there looking for answers, trying to find out, you know, what happened in her past. She's got like burns all over her body. Um, this person knows something about her powers. So she goes there. Obviously, this place is going to be deeply connected to her past. She goes around a little bit, gets chased by a big scary monster, meets a little girl ghost called Sadness or rather who doesn't remember her own name but goes by sadness and then we begin to get some hints in some documents that you find that there was a guy called Richard who came there after he stopped being a university professor um, and he was at the resort he was friends I think with Thomas so they're sort of like friends he comes to the resort and he ends up abusing Thomas's young daughter Lily who it's pretty obvious is sadness uh, the game tries to play coy with this for quite a while if anything the game thinks it's more clever than it actually is because the plot is quite easy to interpret from various like visual elements that you can see from the start of the game but uh, after this happens Thomas goes into this guy's head I wasn't really sure on why it seemed like he wanted to maybe punish him and, and do something to like torture him from the inside or maybe he was like looking for the root of where this behavior had come from and like trying to find an explanation as to why his friend would do this uh, it wasn't terribly clear but he goes in and we end up experiencing like scenes and visions from Richard's childhood where he was abused by his stepfather and he was friends with a little girl called Rose who I think was a Jewish girl in hiding from the Nazis and that to get rid of his abusive stepfather his mother ended up shopping him as a collaborator and he was arrested uh, and I think executed um but that led to the discovery of all the, the Jewish people that had been in hiding and therefore the little girl was murdered. And in Lily, he sees 
someone similar to his like first love um rose uh, and basically that's what happened it's like basically painting him as a victim and that his own abuse led to him becoming an abuser which is a lot of what people found problematic about it um and there's like a giant monster in his head that in the end i think thomas kind of sacrifices the actual spirit of the man too so like the man ceases to exist and becomes catatonic and spends the rest of his life in a wheelchair but the, the monster is still in his head and it's still on the astral plane although it's a different monster to the one that was originally chasing marianne so there we go we experienced that uh, we go through some more sections, we explore different parts of the resort, and eventually Marianne ends up at a building or an area known as the Red House, which she's been directed towards by Sadness, and she offers Sadness the chance to, like, make her pass over. She's just done this for Richard, she's, de like, defeated the monster, basically, allowed him to fully cross over into the afterlife instead of living this kind of, like, half-life, half-death existence. She offers Sadness the same option, but Sadness is like, I can't leave. And at this point, I was like, okay, so the monster is connected to Sadness because Sadness is a little girl. She's the only spirit here that hasn't been devoured by this thing that's like really fucking fast. So there's got to be a reason for that. And I was like, okay, so she's Lily. And she also has a butterfly on her dress, which um obviously fit in with the like kind of weird moth butterfly things that kept attacking me and the monster itself has kind of a, a raggedy butterfly appearance it has kind of those wings so there, there were some big connections there also marianne is wearing a necklace that is half of a butterfly like a metal half of a butterfly shape so where's the second half of that necklace who has it and how are they connected the game is trying to be really coy with these secrets but it becomes pretty fucking obvious about what's going on so you get to the red house there's some more puzzles like half in and a half off the astral plane sometimes you go like fully in using mirrors there's quite an interesting section where you move a toy mirror inside a doll's house and that enables you to visit different rooms of the actual house which was pretty cool uh, and when you're there you get another vision of thomas who has been attacked by a, a secret services man who was sent there to investigate what he's been getting up to at neva he's investigating thomas for being you know having these psychic powers and we get to see thomas interact with his like astral self but whereas marianne is the same person on and off the astral and they move in sync he has two distinct people so like the one on the astral plane although you can see him in the scenes in reflective surfaces is moving around independently has seems to have independent thoughts and they're having a conversation with each other like they're different people and this is explained later but i was very curious as to how this worked and like why this was so different for him and you know for marianne who was obviously not having that experience uh so he's captured by the secret services guy who then sets fire to the red house um, which we're given to understand is where Lily is and he like freaks out and in trying to get away he enters the mind of the man holding him captive so that he can like get free and run to the fire and rescue Lily and inside that man's head it's a, kind of like an, an office it's like towering piles of paperwork and filing cabinets and all of this stuff uh, and it's very red like the background is just completely red and like the lighting is red and there's a monster kind of crawling around in the lower reaches 
we get some like flashbacks like voiceovers of this guy's life and i think his dad was like a butcher or something or he was a butcher like back in the war and he was like prosecuted for like you know selling meat on the back market or something there's like a butcher segment with a lot of very alarming pig noises and then this guy is recruited to the like secret service uh, and we find out a little bit about him but instead of being like the first vision where this guy was absolutely appalled by the kind of monster lurking in his subconscious, this guy has fully embraced it and he doesn't want to change, he doesn't want to be healed, he's very happy being a monster. And then they have a fight. Um, like Thomas and this guy, they have a fight. And in the end, Thomas is able to get free and run towards the burning building. And we also hear some things in this house which suggest that Lily was in contact with the big monster that's been chasing us before and that it was talking to her from maybe the astral plane and trying to convince her to free it and then in the fire she chose to free it to save both herself and her sister who she had initially blamed for their mother's death because um, their mother died giving birth to her younger sister and it's pretty obvious that her sister is Marianne and later this is confirmed because we find some more notes that say that Marianne's unique perspective on the astral is caused by the fact that she was um, kind of born through a gateway of death so her psyche was never split into you know the dimension of being alive and the dimension of spirits because of how she came into the world she's always just been one complete person which I found quite interesting so from this moment on we obviously kind of know what's going on but it seems to take Marianne a while to catch up you get chased by the monster at various points and this is where I got real frustrated because it's an instant kill if the monster gets you you can't fight but when it kills you and puts you back you have to do like these really long sections where you like run down a corridor or, or something to like get to the point at which it will chase you again and Marianne's run speed is like someone hopping she's very slow and um it's just very frustrating so i think they could have been a bit more generous with the auto saves there but then you get to the final part of the game you've been chased by the monster you've been like trying to get away from it and learning all these secrets all these things you finally reach the bunker where um thomas retreated with lily after the fire and marianne was in the fire as well she was very badly burned and sent to hospital where she was in a coma forgot everything that had happened and he left her there because he wanted her to be normal and have a normal life and not be um, trapped in what was going on at Neva, which was that her sister had released this kind of demon from her subconscious, this part of herself that was very, very dangerous. And he couldn't help, like, couldn't control it. So he, he secluded both of them in a sort of cell lined with salt, which meant that even his own astral self couldn't access him they'd been separated for a really long time um and she finds the cell she finds the door completely smashed off like something like the hulk has ripped it off and she finds her father's astral self who has been trapped for a long time but who's now freed and he says that he can't sense like the living version of him but he knows that he still exists because otherwise you know he would have disappeared so he's somewhere but they don't know where and then Marianne goes to meet Lily, who is still alive and has grown to adulthood at Neva, but who obviously still has these parts of her subconscious running wild, so the monster and sadness are both a part of her. And the monster is slowly losing strength because 
she's been sustaining it all these years but she's wearing out she can't like keep going and it needs a powerful medium to replace her which is marianne so she gives us the option to shoot her which will kill the monster and marianne says no i will shoot myself because then the monster will die when you become weak and you can leave and you can have a normal life and then the screen fades to black and you just hear a gunshot so you don't know what marianne did some people said that this ending was kind of stupid and a bit of a letdown but i thought it was okay there's a little post credit sequence where you see the neva resort from the outside again uh, but on the like astral um and you see what appears to be her father's living form walking away from it and picking up a pocket watch that's on the ground so that kind of implies that maybe his living self fully crossed into the astral maybe or that maybe that was his spirit self going to find his living self i don't know but i'm interested um so it was kind of predictable where the storyline was going there were obviously all these visual clues of like butterflies if you pick up all the notes and stuff you get a lot of information you know where the main plot is going far before marianne works it out which is a little bit weird because i know games obviously they don't know that you're going to pick up every little piece of paper and read it but you know they should at least assume that you're going to read some of them and it, it wasn't that hard to work out um there was a lot of like uncomfortable subject matter and it was quite creepy um and disturbing some of the stuff that you had to like walk through but I think calling it a horror game is a bit of a stretch because it didn't really manage to scare me much. There were there were some light creepies, like I, I was spine tingled, and maybe twice it startled me with like a jump scare of like something jumping at an eye hole where I was like peering through or um, a sudden loud noise, but it, it didn't have that like kind of panic inducing something's going to attack me horror because I knew that I had no way to fight so i wasn't going to be expected to fight i was going to be chased and that was about it and the chase was frightening to begin with but because i failed some of them because the camera angle and the movement speed makes escaping very clunky it became more frustrating than scary so that's unfortunate i think the ideal for a horror game that is about being chased is where it's kind of impossible for you to fuck up and then you keep that feeling of like oh it's gonna get me it's gonna get me it's gonna get me and it doesn't lose that fear because you've been caught and you've had to redo it five or six times and you haven't seen you know the little cutscene where the monster grabs you and kills you because as soon as you see that you know what's going to happen and it's not as scary anymore so just escaping by the skin of your teeth every single time i think is like more adrenaline fueled but it's a pretty good game um it's an interesting look at the kind of mediumship concept in a game um and it's not something that i've seen done like this before so interesting definitely worth a look but if you are like less into kind of atmospheric horror and like exploration driven horror you, you're probably not not going to enjoy it that much it's not going to be that scary for you and if you're a scaredy cat worse it might be a little bit too scary for you in places um but it is quite a good game if you're just looking for something kind of walking simulator-y with a little bit of gameplay here and there, although a faster movement speed would have done wonders for my experience. Because there's a lot of backtracking to like get things for different puzzles, and even her run speed is super slow, so 
that, that, that was a little disappointing. But there you go, good looking game, interesting concept, uh, subject matter, a little concerning. Um, but definitely go check it out if you've got Game Pass and you, you know, want to have a look at it. Like I said, you can get it on there for free and you can stream it to like your older Xbox. Um, you don't have to have the, the brand new Xbox to actually look at it. So if you have any more game recommendations, do let me know, especially if it's on Game Pass because I'm already paying for that, so I might as well use it. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!